welcome to the Fresh Expressions Podcast Season 3. I'm your host, Heather Jalad. I'm a local church pastor and a cultivator of Fresh Expressions, new faith communities that strive to reach new people in unexpected places. In Season 3, we're opening our archive of a decade of useful training materials and sharing some of the talks and workshops that have inspired us over the years. This season is brought to you by FX Connect. FX Connect is an online community of church leaders who are reaching new people in new places and where you can find an entire library of practical and inspiring training materials. You can register for free today at fxconnectus.org. Hello once again, friends. Today's episode features Joe Saxton talking about finding and developing pioneer leaders. Pioneers are those missional entrepreneurs, uh, those starters, those people that that go into uncharted territory first. Jesus is called the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. And so Joe shares a little bit about what it looks like to find and develop uh, these leaders that are so um, integral to uh, these fresh expressions of church that we are talking about. Um, I know that you're you're going to enjoy this conversation from Joe. Uh, she's a she's a speaker, she's a podcaster, an author, and leadership coach that hosts a digital coaching community. Uh, she's the founder of the Ezer Collective, an, an initiative dedicated to in, investing in women leaders around the world. Her latest book is called Ready to Rise. I know I enjoy her podcast that she co-hosts with Pastor Steph O'Brien called Lead Stories, Good Stuff Over There. Um, as I said in this talk, you will um, hear from her on finding pioneers um, that are often the ones that uh, that go first, but often are folks that we find in unexpected places, uh, these trailblazers, these innovators, as she calls them. Um, she lifts up the biblical witness uh to looking for one thing and maybe finding something else altogether in um in finding these and discovering these pioneering leaders. Um, she also uh, lifts up the significance of every generation responding to what it means to share the gospel in their age. Again, very much uh, a part of the Fresh Expressions movement in uh, proclaiming the faith afresh in each generation. She talks about cultivating environments for people to share and the importance of discipleship in the way of Jesus, which is shaped in the form of apprenticeship. She asks a question that I think we all need to be asking ourselves, and that is, how is God answering our prayers, those Luke 10 to prayers uh, that we are asking the Lord of the harvest? Enjoy this talk by Joe Saxton and meet me over at fxconnectus.org and click on groups. You'll find me over there in uh, the group dedicated to podcasts and continuing the conversation. Enjoy. Talk 
topic is finding and developing pioneering leaders. And I'm literally going to use those particular words um, for our time. But let me start with a couple of very familiar verses, a couple of them, um, very familiar verses where Jesus has been teaching through the towns and the synagogues. In fact, just for good value, I'll read a few more. I'm going to read from uh, Matthew chapter 9, verse 58. And this is the NIV today. Um, Jesus went through all the towns and the villages, teaching in all their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and ease and sickness. I mean, we could dwell on that one forever, couldn't we? Just that alone. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the to send out workers into his harvest field. And then it's followed by Jesus sending out the twelve. I'm always fascinated by the things that Jesus tells us to pray for. Um, I wonder if um, I, I, there are all kinds of reasons we can speculate as to why, but when Jesus is telling, reminding us the harvest is plentiful, we know in other um, parts of the Bible it's used to harvest. I say, open your eyes. Um, but this call, which Jesus says to his disciples then and disciples now, ask the Lord of the harvest. For we need um, people, we need leaders who will go. No, he didn't say they'd gone through seminary or anything like that in that particular thing. He didn't state their gender at that moment. He just said there needs to be people out there. And as we've gone through this day, we've, got a, we've been, been given a chance to take stock and see a bigger picture of the world around us. Oh, I want to start with just a couple of st stories or vignettes, really, pictures of people I know who are in our life in what we do in Minneapolis and within the context of 3DM. There's a, a woman in Alati Nesta who um, has three very gorgeous grandbabies. And as she was thinking of what to do with this new era of life, God got under her skin, her heart, as a one who'd raised four fabulous children and her families were settled and they gathered around her table. She couldn't help but think of the things she was reading in the news about the amount of women who were on her watch in Anchorage. As she began to look out in mission and think of how they would develop um, um, something, anything, she gathered like-minded people who thought, this is wrong, and how can we advocate in some way against this? What began as a, a missional community, a group of believers with a mission to change something, became a non-profit, which has been rescuing women from trafficking. Unexpected. She said, this is not what I thought I was going to be doing in this era of my life. Another in our community, um, Mary, she'll be horrified in telling you the story, but she's not here. Um, <laughs> and it's not a bad story. Um, Mary, who um, ran a preschool in her neighborhood. She'd done it for years and she was retiring and she thought, well, what, now what do I do? And someone, had, someone in the neighborhood had an emergency, family emergency, to look after the baby just for a couple of hours. Well, of course they knocked on Mary's door. And it happened again, different emergencies popped up and she thought, I wonder in this season if I need to be more available for my neighborhood. Yes, I'm available professionally in certain things, but what does it look like for me to be more available? Um, called Dave, who wanted his friends to come to faith. And he knew his friends would never come to church because they were asleep at that point, not spiritually speaking, literally asleep, but all part of the nightclub scene. And so church, it's a great idea to come to church, but really, he's in, they're in bed. <laughs> and, and then there's brunch. And you know how it goes. Well, we don't, because we never get there. <laughs> and, um, and so he, and he thought, what, what, like all the things we've been saying today, we're building it and they're not coming. What does it mean for us to go? 
it was gathering a number of friends who were like-minded, who also cared about the club scene, <laughs> who were also passionate about sharing faith with their friends and going to where they were. In the story before, so it might be familiar to you, what they would do is go outside the night, a particular nightclub and, and wipe up the vomit every, every Saturday night at the end of the nightclub night. Of water, um, because people get dehydrated when they're dancing all night, and chocolate, because apparently that's the cure for all ills, and, um, and blood sugar stuff as well. And they would not help people. They would help people who were, they'd try to break up fights when needed, which when people had a lot of alcohol and no food, that seems to happen. Um, <laughs> They would uh, work when required. They would do what was needed. They were the hands and feet of Jesus in that moment. They'd offer to pray with people sometimes. It's very hard praying for people who are coming off a high <laughs> and stuff. But they had faith wherever they were. Actually, it was the doorman who came to faith first because they watched the Christians every week wipe up the vomit in the name of Jesus. Um, in the end, in that context, he became the leader of that particular community. Everyday people, everyday lives people who are doing things in their workplace. And on one level, this span um, continents, years, time, all those kinds of things. But, um, but wouldn't it be wonderful if we could find and develop pioneering? And so what I first want to do is define what, what we mean by pioneering, and then we'll go back to the finding and then the developing. And we'll, um, and we'll mean for us. So I, I thought, when I was thinking, well, what do we mean by pioneering? Sometimes we use words so much they mean nothing. <laughs> and so I thought I'd just get a couple of dictionary definitions. Um, referring to pioneering, see what it looks like in our context. When referring to pioneering, the first to explore a new space, one who is the first to use or develop a new method, one who ventures into unknown and unclaimed territory to settle it, one who opens up new areas of thought, research, and development. Maybe the first, well, in certain spheres, the first to become established in a bare, open, or disturbed area. One who leads the way, trailblazer, an innovator, to initiate, prepare, open up. Just some dictionary definitions from an old um, French word meaning foot soldier, derived from the Latin, one who has broad feet. <laughs> And we thought our wide feet were no good. <laughs> One who has broad feet, the foot soldiers, the pioneers of the foot. And as we've reflected even today, and we've thought about what it means to, be the, um, to share the gospel wherever we, we're based, and from wherever we're based, we recognize there's a need to go into new... As we recognize our culture continues to change and emerge, um, as we recognize our neighborhoods change, the color and the texture and the faces of our neighborhoods change, we may need to be people who explore a new space, who develop new methods, who venture into unknown and uncharted territories. And yes, a church may have been of years, but every generation starts a new journey, doesn't it? And every generation of believers has to reflect on what it means to respond to the Great Commission in their day, in their time. As we reflect upon um, our own denominations, our streams, our local, our regions, our churches, maybe we are thinking, who are those who will open up and research and development, who will become established in a bare area, in an open area, a disturbed area? They will renew the ruined cities and restore the places long devastated for generations. Who will be the ones who lead the way, who trailblaze? 
there are stratas of our society where the gospel cannot be found. In Sheffield, um, the the, one of the cities I lived in, I, obviously I, I grew up in London, went to Sheffield for college, were found in church on a Sunday. 2%, that's either a great problem or a huge opportunity, depending on your perspective. On the good days, it was an opportunity. On the, on the bad days, not so much. Um, and that trailblazing was necessary. It wasn't a reflection on what people weren't doing. It was just the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Artists to send, 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 send again and again to every creed and every color and every culture, every economic group, every network, every need. Send. And it's overwhelming if we think on it too long. <laughs> it's overwhelming. It's like, and on that afternoon, <laughs> everyone just drags themselves out and like, well, I don't know if it was good or not. I'm not sure it was even worthwhile. I now just feel depressed. <laughs> um, but it, Lord is asking us to ask for workers. Then we want to look for what his answer may look like. What's God's answer to our prayers for him to reach our cities and neighborhood? Where he asks us to pray, how does he want us to answer it? How does he want us to respond to it? Well, the first thing I think, it, assuming that since he told us to pray it, and I'm, I mean, it's not a bait and switch thing. He wants to respond here. Um, I, what I want to offer are a couple of ways in which made for how he is answering us. He knows what you're called to. He, he's aware of your budget limitations. He's aware of your physical, practical people limitation. He knows his thing. He does this stuff, and he's been good at it for generations around the world in the midst of terrible times, the best of times and the worst of The gospel has not been extinguished yet. Somehow it's got out there again and again and again. This is our lap, and it's a hard lap, but, it's, but the lap will keep going. You would perhaps want to answer the prayer for us. So finding, finding leaders. How do we find these pioneers, people who are ready for the, ki the, for the kind of terrain <laughs> and the kind of work that um, we're referring to here? I want to use some examples from the Bible of what it looked like. One point on an adventure, he, one of the people he takes is Timothy. And, and Acts 16 gives us a couple of examples of finding um, some pioneers. Timothy is at um, this time... Um, and it's said that he spoke, the community speak well of him. The community speak well of him. Who is your community speaking well of who's out there? Who are the community observing? Um, talking about their character, their potential. Uh, obviously, all the ideas aren't going to come from us, right? Who, who are they? And this is someone clearly of character. I mean, Timothy has to pay quite a high price to go on mission. If only if it was just fundraising. No, it's circumcision. <laughs> kind of awkward to say the least. <laughs> but part of the search for finding a pioneer, because we know that they're going into uncharted territory. They are blazing the gospel to difficult and challenging places. Or we just look at Acts and all the letters to see that for sure. And one of the ways we see is a referral, a recommendation, someone of good reputation. That's one of the ways we see it. Another way we see, um, we see Paul in particular find is in response to him um, reflecting on a revelation God's given him. That later on in that chapter, we see as a dream, the man from Macedonia says, come over and help us. He's like, all right, I'll go over. He goes, the song goes down by the river to pray. 
and he goes there because in the culture of the time, that would be where the spiritual and the religious types were. And he finds a woman, you know the story, a woman, Lydia. A woman, Lydia, and who, would, who I think we can describe like we see in Luke 10, in Matthew 9, a worthy person, a person of peace. She is open to Paul. She welcomes him and even is willing to serve. Becomes the gateway to Europe. Has a church planted in her very home. A dealer wealthy, a woman of means, a woman of capacity, a woman open to the gospel and ready. What's God been saying to you? Stir, has he been stirring that he was looking for a man from Macedonia, got a woman who was a, owned a fashion house? You know, we, um, I don't know how, how guidance works for you. We're, and sometimes we're so afraid of getting it wrong, we don't step out even to try to get it right. I wonder if, um, if God's been trying to grab your attention about people. Unexpected people. Gateways to entire communities type of people. Rather than you thinking, I've got to go in and pioneer this new work with these new people. Well, why don't you follow where I am and I'll show you who's there. Who are the people of peace? I, we often, um, within 3DM, talk about people of peace in relation to evangelism, in relation to sharing our faith. Open to you, who welcome you, who serve you. But we find it's often true in this context as well. Are there leaders around you who, who volunteer and you've got nothing to give them? <laughs> who welcome you, who are willing to serve, who aren't there to make a name for themselves, who just want to get involved. They may not look like you expected. You are looking for a man from Macedonia's a fashion house. You are looking for someone to say, come over and help us, rather than, hey, come and plant in our house in this fashion catwalk scene. <laughs> What's God been saying? One of the ways we find is we look at reputation and the reputation of, within a community. Another way is we're listening to what God is doing and responding to it. And as leaders of peace are, people of peace are. One of the people I've, I'm most fascinated by about when it comes to finding and developing um, pioneering leaders is actually not Paul. Barnabas is one of my favorite, I think he's my current favorite of the New Testament. Um, has been for a year or so, because I, as I've looked at his life, we remember he, um, Barnabas isn't even his name, uh, one who encourages and bursts these new things, is so much it names him. Um, I think his name was Joseph or something, wasn't it? But he's known as son of encouragement. And we know that he sells a field, and when the church in Antioch begins, or the, the community begins to birth up, he goes and blesses what God's doing. We know that about him. What we also find in Acts 11 is that he, go, he, he goes and sees what he goes to look for someone. And he looks for Paul, of all people, Saul then. Guy that, let, if I'm going to look for a pioneer, I'm not sure I'm thinking, <laughs> just not sure they're top of my list. Um, we know that what it's said of Barnabas that he's full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. I'm like, you must have a lot of both, son, <laughs> to be there. We know there's some time in terms of Paul's conversion, we know there's been a, 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 what understood as a wilderness experience, years, a decade in, but he's looking. He goes in search of someone and then brings him along with him. He goes in search of him. He finds him. And what we see in Barnabas, and, and when I look at developing leaders, what we see in Barnabas is that this son of encouragement, this encouragement which gives courage to others, goes in search of people. If you want to find develop it and find leaders. Look, we need to go in search of them. And it may take you to a local community. It may take you down by the river. It may take you to a cave. And a guy called Saul, <laughs> of no good reputation anymore, that people, apparently he's a believer, but can we be sure? We remember what he did to our beloved people. 
I often hear people say, um, where are the women leaders? Where are the leaders of color? Where are the fill in the gap? The younger leaders, the more leaders, um, are the elders of the church, the children of the church, where are they? And we often have to ask ourselves the question, are we looking for them though? <laughs> are we looking? And are we Maybe we've taken a, a passing glance over our community and not seen it. Well, then we look somewhere else. <coughs> and then we look somewhere else. I don't know how to find Saul. But this happened without any like website opportunities or kind of <laughs> resume search or anything. Not even a cell phone. But there's a searching, isn't there? There's a, there's a journeying. What does your search for these pioneering and, and developing leaders look like? What does it look like to look for somebody? Are you asking around saying, do you know of anybody? Are you asking the Lord of the harvest, God, show me where to go to find people who can do this? And have you noted that none of them looked ready at the beginning? They didn't look like pioneer material. Did, did, he, did Lydia look like the gateway to Europe that she was open a mission? Did Timothy look ready, a young man in his teens, ready to face what he was surely going to face? Was Saul ready, even after all, knowing that he was not one of a great reputation to be trusted with a mission? Were the believers in Antioch ready, sharing this good news with the Gentiles? Ready. Did the woman at the well look ready? Peter smelled a fish. Did he, was he ready? Was Matthew I wonder what we're looking for. You see, if we're going to find um, pioneering leaders, we may need to look outside our normal spaces as well as our normal spaces. We may t need to look around. And um, here's some things I just want us to observe. There's a, there's a book I'm currently reading called The Next Worship. Um, fantastic book. Sandra, Sandra Maria Van Opstel. And I recommend it highly. It's actually about worship in multicultural settings, but she has this chapter on leadership. And she says this. In some cultures, people are applauded for stepping up. Yet in other cultures, leaders disqualify themselves by assuming they can lead. We may, ha we may have to first, when we're looking at filters that we have, if we expect and hope, well, if they're a pioneer, my understanding of a pioneer is that they're passionate, they're noisy, they care about things and talk about it. There's no one here. Is there no one here or is there no one who goes through our filter? It, do they exist or are we just not actually really like? Um, not to put too fine a point on it, I, um, we, we were processing this within, within um, 3DM a few years, well, actually, talking about how we raise up leaders. And um, we, it was just a casual conversation talking about two people step up. And I said, you know, we may have to give ourselves different language for this. I don't know many women put themselves forward. I don't know many. I know some, but who would, who would say to that person, hey, I've got a vision. I know many leaders, um, I'm going to use women as an example for the moment, just for the moment, who have said no when they meant yes, who have heard a, had an invitation and, and thought, I just don't, and so until I know how to make it work, I can't say yes to this. It's not that they weren't called, it's not that they didn't have a vision, it wasn't that they weren't a pioneer, but they hadn't seen a visible illustration of what it, that they could go there to. Anybody felt that? Male or female? Anybody lived that? And so when we're looking, when we're trying to find, um, the onus may be on us to facilitate environments which allow that, um, the sounds and the stories of pioneers to come out. 
We do that by asking questions, questions that we've been hearing through the day. What would you do if you weren't afraid to fail? What, would you, what, would, what do you want to see happen in your community? Is there a part of the neighborhood you're really passionate about? Things that they love, the things that make them weep, the things that make them angry. We will have to be good listeners to find our pioneering leaders. We will have to be aware of our, the qualities. The culture of our churches is your church context the kind where if you're a leader, um, you know someone's a, a pioneer because they step up. And you saw that way. That's not to say throw it away. Just be aware that some others may not step up for other reasons. In the church context that I was part of in, in um, England, it was the discernment probably felt called to something that you were passionate about and, and dare I say it, ambitious for. Walk away. Walk in the other direction. And the noble holy thing is, summon you from that hidden place and therefore they will know that you are called. <laughs> and honestly, it, for, for years, for many of us, and what we'd done was we'd observed a previous leader and a personality type, just a natural introvert, and decided that was the spiritual way to show that we were willing to lead. So what we done? That we, we had to kind of like, could you come out from behind the wall to, to hear your dreams? If we have one lens through which we see what leaders are like, then we will miss. Be aware of, your, be aware of the cultures of your, of your church, the culture of your community. Um, and cultivate environments, brainstorming sessions where, you get to, uh, where people get to share their voice. What needs to happen around here? I just want to listen and see who talks and watch the people who want sitting on their hands and ask a few. We may need to interact to draw out vision. It doesn't mean that they are of any small to assume it should be them. I remember being in a session, um, leading a session, again, this is specifically to, with women leaders, this is, but it applies to everybody. Then, just a kind of off-the-cuff comment. How, I said, how many of you um, have had a sense of what you, God called you to, but you're actually doing something else right now? And 80%, and I thought, they didn't hear me properly. Let's try that again. And so I said it again, and the same group, 80%, uh, actually, it went up a bit by that point. And a few others are like, oh, no. I'm not doing what God. So I said, let me just ask one more time. And one of, one, one of the team with me said, would you stop asking the question? They get it. <laughs> they understand. And I said, why? Why? What, what's going on? Some of you have got entirely the ones you're wired for. And they said, who am I to assume it should be me? Doesn't it seem arrogant? Doesn't it seem proud or to a pioneer? Because often as pioneers, we're talking about things that don't exist yet. And we're afraid of saying something as though it's taken personally. Other things and other places that could happen. And it's not a criticism of what is. It's just what else we could do. It's not even an unhealthy dissatisfaction all the time. Stuff too. But we have to be secure enough as people to hear that. Secure enough as people to hear that there are visions beyond our own. But the color of all that we're doing as we move forward. If we want to find pioneering leaders, we may have to look, we may have to search, we may need to think of ways within our contexts that we can facilitate conversations, which, are, which give permission for people to articulate their dreams, give people permission to have dreams, which invite them to say, hey, I don't know the best way to reach our city, but you work, live there. I don't know where you hang out. I like to sleep. You go to the clubs. I want to be in bed. You tell me. 
I've got great ideas for what I need to be doing at that time. And it's not what you're doing, what you're doing. And help me serve you to get there. It's a different posture, isn't it? If we're going to find pioneering leaders, it, it, rather than everybody coming behind us, empowering them to go forward. It requires, again, a different posture. I'm always reminded of the bit in John 13 when Jesus stands up um, from the table and the towel and wraps it around his waist and then bows down to wash the disciples' feet. He takes a completely different posture from what the world would expect him to. That's him in leading. Clean up so they can be all that they would need to be. And for us, if we're finding pioneering leaders, some, some are born and some are made. <laughs> some will have to wash their feet, wash off the bruises, the dirt. Some will have to search high and low to find. They may be under the baggage of their own histories. They may be busy doing... They may have felt that before it, their ideas weren't welcomed or that the humble thing is to not say. They may be really good second chairs. People that, if we're honest, occasionally we, we may we say, I don't know what I'd do without you. So please don't do anything else. Just stay here. We may have found ourselves thinking, I, we've got ideas and we want to blaze a trail and all these things, but we've never got round to it yet because there are other things to be done now. Think, consider where you look. And I want to ask you, um, I'm, I'm going to move on to the next thing, but before that, I, one area, um, one area you may need to look at differently. Do you need to look at your local seminary? Where do you need, you, each one of you, need to go and look um, potential pioneering leaders? What environment do each of you need to go to? Okay. Well, let's think a little more about let's think a little more about uh, development. And again, I hope these are just in some ways just seeds that, that will help you on your own, on your journey. I've went, uh, let me say this. I'll read this from Acts 11. So then Paul went to Tarsus, and um, then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. Here, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. And so the great adventure with Barnabas and Saul begins. So the great adventure um, that they go on. But part of him becoming um, all that he was meant to be was being at the side of Barnabas, the the um, the the one who already had the credibility, the one who lent his relational and spiritual capital, if you will, for someone who may not have been. But the fascinating thing about that entire journey is if you read on in the few chapters, they're sent out, um, they're sent out in, uh, in Acts 13. By the time we get to the middle of Acts 13, the, name, the order of the names has changed and it's become Paul and Barnabas. And, we, and like, like in some contexts now, the initial name that's written is often seen as the, the, the more important one. In the beginning of the story, the more prominent one, the more important one, the more known person is Barnabas. And Saul is kind of the upstart that somehow gets involved. By later on in the journey, the great exchange has taken place. And Paul is leading the way. To develop pioneers. It's going to be great to have them by our side. 
It's going to be great to have them come after us, but we need to be secure enough for them to go ahead of us places into new ways. Um, but we see that consistently in the way Jesus did discipleship. You'll do greater things than me, he says to his former fishermen and the like. But the process that gets them there isn't just telling them to go and do stuff. It's them by his side, by Jesus' side, in Paul's case, by Paul's side in Timothy and Titus' and Silas' case. By, uh, by their side, learning the principles that matter so that they can just parts of the world they're, they're going to. There are things in what we're currently doing that regardless of where we go, people need to know. If you want to develop a pioneer, they've got to have capacity. They've got to have capacity. Why? Because it's lonely. Trailblazing looks great if you're watching, but someone else is having all the sparks and the dirt and everything fall all over them and the scratches. Pipes um, going first. You know, it's going first means going alone. It's lonely. It's hard work. It's clearing the ground. It's laying foundations. It's how do we come alongside people who are pioneers who want to pioneer amongst um, a new work in the ant in? in the fight against trafficking, amongst the club scene. Why? Let's, if you're really committed, if this is what you really want to do, then come alongside me and let's learn some things about character. Do you know how to hear the voice of God? It's going to be real helpful for you. Do you know how to look at the culture around you um, and see what God is saying to that culture? Because what we're doing now was an expression of that once. Doctored those principles. Do you know how to share your faith one with another? You may use different language, but have you learned how to do that? Have you learned how to have healthy rhythms? It's so exciting when you're pioneering, you don't know when you're about to die. <laughs> have, you, have you learned how to do rest yet? Any of us? Just checking. Have you learned how to do, <laughs> have you learned how to do rest? Have you learned how to handle money? Have you got a pioneering idea, but a really settled, old model way of financing it? Because that's going to get all... Do you know how to... Resolve conflict, because it's coming. These principles I continue in. Do you know how to invest in your key relationships? As we send you out, can we... You see, our leaders need that, don't we? When we do all this kind of stuff. Why? Because it's important. <laughs> As we're developing pioneering leaders, we need to be ensuring there are ways in which people are alongside us learning what we're doing, but us engaging in conversation, saying to them, what does it look like in your world? So Dave, who I used to do the club stuff with, he was working with some other college things I was involved in. And I said, okay, Dave. Clearly, he, I remember him saying, Joe, we're not cutting it. We're not even reaching the people we're meant to. And, and I thought, thank you for making me feel so good about what we're doing. Glory to God. <laughs> and and um, I feel so firm. Because this sense of dissatisfaction, wasn't, it was a kind of, I've got to go and do something. And I had to learn to interpret that. Um, but I... Everything I did, I began to say, Dave, what are you asking permission to, to film to like it? I was like, I, I'm trying to help you think through your own context. This is what it looks like here. You tell me how this applies in your world. Would it work in your world or would it fail? If we're going to talk look like in your world, would it work or would it fail? It was a constant conversation. Why don't you try this where I am with me? Let's break it down. And then let's go and do it in your world. We'll be up at 2 o'clock in the morning. And we'll work it there and we can discuss it. Are we having like an approach? Funny word, discipleship. Are we discipling in the way that Jesus did, which was where they had to say, oh, Jesus, how do we heal the sick? We tried that one and it failed miserably. That's what development looks like. And then secure enough like Barnabas to get out of the way. 
to step back as someone else has the leading beat. There was a point with Dave, with men, with others, that in developing pioneers who are chomping at the bit, ready to roll, that you actually have to say, I'm going to step behind you. And I'm here. I'm not abandoning you. So you're going out for Jesus. Glory. No. <laughs> but that the word was, now you go, but I'm here. I'm present. I'm praying. I'll come visit you. I'll come in cakes. We will celebrate with you. And if something fails, we'll process it together because I'm not going to be afraid of failure. And I'm not going to care whether it makes me look good or look bad because that's not the point. I'm expecting that. I'm expecting that we'll trip up sometimes. We're working on this together. And I will be secure enough to have your back and you can use my credibility if need be when someone what you're doing. And I'll say, well, I know them and I trust them and I'm for them and I'm in relationship with them, encouraging them all the way. And I'm using the, the I have to help them get support where they need. And I'm going and celebrating the frontiers they're taking publicly for the whole church to see that God is on the move. We need to perhaps think about what our development looks like and how we develop people. We need to think about how we release people into all. It's funny, the thing with Barnabas, and I'll use this to close, the funny thing with Barnabas is that he, um, Barnabas doesn't get a book named after him and stuff, but it's fascinating a couple of the people he did invest in. One old failure, Saul, and then when he and Paul fall out, a guy dropped down before. Um, but without Barnabas, without um, Barnabas, would we have had a Paul and therefore all those, would we have had a John Mark, a Mark, and a gospel that would be written? But both of them truly needed a Barnabas. They needed someone who would celebrate them, who would go in search of them, who would go ahead of them, but also step alongside them and be with them and be present with them, but also step back so that they could lead the way. I want to encourage you to think and pray through who those people are, to look around um, for the leaders, to ask the Lord of the harvest, dare to take down your own filter of what a pioneer looks like and ask God some fresh questions on that one. To create environments where you, uh, whether it's a one-on-one -on -one coffee or that allows people to share their ideas so you can see who they are and then develop, develop, develop. And let's just see what God might do with us. Fresh Expressions is a worldwide movement of everyday missionaries who want to see churches thrive in the places we live, eat, work, and play by leveraging the creativity and endurance of the inherited church. To learn a simple five-phase process for starting a new expression of church, go to freshexpressions.com backslash how to start. Season three is brought to you by FX Connect, an online community full of other church leaders passionate about reaching new people in new places. Access our entire library of practical and inspiring training materials and connect with other church leaders at fxconnectus.org. Season three of the Fresh Expressions podcast is hosted by me, Heather Jalad. It's edited and produced by Jeanette Statz, Kathleen Blackie, and Chris Morton. Our national director is Dr. Christopher Backert. If you have learned something or been encouraged by this podcast, please help us spread the word. 
You can give us a review on Apple Music or Spotify and share this episode on social media. Now, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us so that his ways may be known on earth and salvation among all nations.